Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty, and today we're talking about the reform of Spain's criminal code. In October 2019, nine Catalan pro-independence leaders were convicted to between 9 and 13 years in jail, found guilty of sedition, and in some cases misuse of public funds, for their roles in the independence push of 2017. Now, Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez has announced that the crime of sedition will be struck from Spain's penal code, a decision set to have a huge impact on Catalan and Spanish politics, and one that raises more than a few questions. Could those convicted politicians make a return to frontline politics? They were subsequently pardoned and released from prison, but are still barred from holding public office. And what about those politicians in exile, including former President Carlos Puigdemont? Do the changes make their return more likely? Well, joining me to get stuck into all of that and lots more, I'm delighted to say we've got Giard Escatch-Folk and Killian Cheese. Bon dia. Bon dia. Morgan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, we'll also be hearing too from Jordi Nieva, who is a law professor at the University of Barcelona. So today, a lot of chat about sedition. What is it? Well, I don't know about you guys, but for me it feels like, oh, dungeons, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, uh, definitely something from the Middle Ages, like a crime against a fiefdom or something in, in the old times. It's like, the, it's like these, you know, it's, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like rebellion, trees and sedition. It's all this stuff that, you know, you kind of think, okay, maybe we're beyond it but no no that's you know it's in the criminal code interesting wikipedia fact for you uh, apparently sedition could potentially have been the crime that jesus was crucified for so there you go oh, well. trying um, to usurp the powers of caesar <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh 21st century uh, here we are um what is sedition according to spain's criminal code as it stands So the Spanish Penal Code describes it as rising up publicly and tumultuously to prevent, through force or outside legal channels, the application of the law. And this is so relevant right now for the moment because, as you just said, the organisers of Catalonia's independence referendum in 2017 were ultimately convicted of this law, sedition. Uh, This is quite interesting that it differs from the charge of rebellion, which they were originally charged with, because rebellion comes with the use of violence. But it was deemed that what happened in 2017, the Spanish Supreme Court said that this was sedition. So all of the protests that we saw in the build-up to the to the day of the vote, um, the event of the vote itself, the referendum, all of this was deemed sedition. Mm-hmm. And because those that were tried were public elected officials, the, the penal code lays out a sentence of between 10 to 15 years of imprisonment and they were barred from holding office as well. The Spanish government says that the crime actually dates back to 200 years ago, 1822, but the Supreme Court actually claims that the penal code was reformed in 1995, and since then, obviously, several modifications have been made. Okay, I mean, so a little bit of discrepancy there between between the government and, and the Supreme Court. Um, but uh, it is true, Gerard, that... Uh, Spain is kind of an anomaly in having sedition in its criminal code. Yeah, exactly. And that's the goal of the Spanish government. They want to put Spain's criminal code on the same level. That's what Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez said when announcing that the the proposal to reform the criminal code. Um, They want to put it to the same level as France, Italy and Switzerland, where sedition is not part of their criminal code. 
And this is particularly relevant right now because obviously Carlos Puigdemont and the other independence leaders who went abroad after the fallout of the independence crisis in 2017, Spain has tried to extradite them on the charges of sedition, but because no other country in Europe where they have been living contains sedition in their penal code, essentially countries like Belgium, Germany, they've rejected extraditing them on this basis, that there's no legal equivalent. Okay. So uh, Spain say they are modernising their criminal code by bringing this in. And the two government parties, the Socialists and Podemos, uh, have brought to Congress this proposed reform of the criminal code. So what are the changes being proposed? Well, the main one is that sedition is being erased from Spain's penal code. It is being replaced with lesser public order offences that carry less jail time, basically, Gerard. Mm -hmm. Currently, public order offences talk about acts of violence or threats against people or things, but this will widen to include two more categories, acts of violence or intimidation by obstructing public roads, causing risk to the life or health of people, and the other one, invading facilities or buildings. And this will like be like sentenced to between six months to three years in prison. As well as this, there is aggravated public offences for those who commit the acts we just mentioned, but with a crowd that's a little bit larger and the purpose is to seriously affect public order. In that case, there would be like sentences from three to five years imprisonment and the disqualification from public office if the person is like a public office official. Okay, and before that used to carry a sentence of six years, so so that has reduced mm-hmm. the sentence. But the, the fact that you said there that now it includes invading facilities and buildings or cutting roads and causing risk to the life of health of people, that's been a little bit controversial because, you know, it's kind of widened the definition of it. So a bit more on that later on as well. An important thing to add here would be the fact that in 2017, when the Spanish Supreme Court and its prosecutors were examining the case of the independence push, they decided that those acts were not aggravated public disorder. They discounted that and they focused on rebellion and sedition at the time. Of course, it's all kind of come about as a result, basically, of 2017 and and the sentences that we saw. And Killian, uh, this week you've been finding out a bit about the impact it could have on the people involved. Exactly, yeah. I certainly don't think anybody in my circle was talking about sedition before 2017 (laughs) or around this very current era of politics here. Um, But indeed, it could have a very significant impact on the political landscape here at the moment in Catalonia and in Spain, of course. Uh, And indeed, the situation of the political leaders who organised that 2017 independence referendum. And you spoke to Jordi Nieva, who's a full professor of procedural law at the University of Barcelona, and you got his view on what the reforms might mean. Yes, exactly, I did. And it's important to note right here that although the leaders were pardoned, it is also being appealed by opposition parties. So I started by asking Jordi what the reform of the criminal code would mean if the pardons were declared void. Okay, let's take a listen. If the pardon is declared void, that means that the uh, original judgment of the Supreme Court is uh, still in force. But if the reform comes, they have to adapt the penalties that were imposed. So if they, for instance, if the if the crime was of about 10 to 15 years, and now the maximum penalty of that crime is just five years, they have to adapt the judgment as they also were in preventive detention or provisional detention 
for about four years. That would mean that they were uh, more or less at the end of the fulfillment of the of the penalty, so they wouldn't have to serve more time in prison. That's why it is important for them, but only in this case that the pardon is declared fault, of course. The referendum organizers were also disqualified from holding public office as part of their sentence. Could this soon change and could they run in an election soon? This is not uh, sure because the sentence, what the sentence said, is that they had, they couldn't be in office during the duration, during serving the time in prison. But if this time in prison is decreased, then also, the time of prohibition of being in office should be as well decreased. But this is not so sure. They had to recalculate and there are some elements in the reform that make me think that maybe the Supreme Court would try to set some barriers, some obstacles to that thing to happen. They declared that organizing a referendum and uh, setting all the people in the streets in order to uh, make the referendum possible, that was sedition. Mm. I don't see, it, it, it is not my point of view, but they said that. That's why I think that a possibility is that the Supreme Court wouldn't make things so easy for them to come back to public service. Other referendum organizers, including former President Carlos Puigdemont, left the country. Spain has tried numerous times to extradite them, but to no avail. How would their situation be changed by the reform of the sedition law? Uh, the problem is that they were claimed to be transferred for the crime of sedition. And if this crime does uh, no longer exist, that would mean that the Spanish justice would have to repeat the claim to the justice in Belgium, and then they shall start a new procedure about about that. Why do they say that it would be easier? Because the new crimes uh, could be something that find a correspondent crime in uh, the legislation of Belgium, and that's why they say that it would be maybe easier. But uh, in order to make the to make the transfer possible. It's not only that you have to take into consideration that the crimes are correspondent, you have also have to take into consideration that all fundamental rights have been fulfilled, that the procedure was a regular one, so uh, many other things can come up in this transfer procedure. So I think it's uh, a little bit early to foresee what will happen in this, in this procedure. Jordi Nieva, our thanks to him. Interesting then that the reform could mean that some of the big names in Catalan politics return to the front line. Indeed, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the likes of the president of Esquerra Republicana, Oriol Junqueras, the general secretary of Junts, Jordi Toroi. These are major names. These are guys who spent time in prison for organising the 2017 referendum. And they could potentially be running an election kind of soon. 
And when it comes to the extradition process, um, Jordi mentioned there, so we could see changes there, Gerard. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, Puigdemont, Carles Puigdemont, the former Catalan president, is still in Belgium, along with other pro-independence leaders. And Pachi López, the socialist spokesperson, said that Puigdemont, if he returns to Spain, he will be tried, something that Puigdemont's lawyer, Gonzalo Boye, kind of agrees because he said that the reform doesn't favor his clients. So. Gonzalo Boye, we've had a, him on filling the sink a couple of times. Uh, big question then is why is this all happening now, do we think? Is it, you know, so, it, you know, there's agreements here going on between the Spanish government and Esquerra, who are the, the Catalan governing party? Well, negotiations exist because they have to greenlight the Spanish budget and the Catan and the Barcelona spending plans. But officials say that it's not related to the approval of these spending plans. And also we have to consider that this is going to be the last budget of Sanchez premiership before elections next year. And obviously Sanchez wants to greenlight them to just go to an electoral year with like a spending plan with like a lot of money to spend. Yeah, and regular listeners will know that Spanish government is a minority government and they need support from, well, quite often Esquerra uh, in, in Congress to get uh, budgets and things passed. Mm-hmm. And much the same now with the Catalan government. As of only a few weeks ago, they're also a minority government, so they also need the support. And it seems to be very convenient allyship forming between Esquerra and the socialists that they can help each other in in all these administrations. A lot of politics going on and I suppose a bigger picture as well. Esquerra, for example, have been looking that the whole issue of Catalan self-determination is kind of resolved through political means rather than going through the course. They talk about overcoming the judicialization. I mean, that's a word in Catalan. I'm not sure if it, I think it exists in English too. <laughs> it's one that we've had to invent at least for the sake of our articles. <laughs> So, you know, they want that uh, the the independence conflict to be resolved through political means. And I suppose um, this is part of that because, you know, by by getting rid of the crime of sedition, uh, that kind of feeds into that, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is all sort of fruit from the negotiation table that we've seen between the Catalan and Spanish governments over the past couple of years. Um, like this was part of a plan between the two administrations to try to uh, solve the political conflicts between Catalonia and Spain through political means, through dialogue, through mm. speaking, as opposed to the approach that we've seen in recent years. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that uh, Junts per Catalunya, Carlos Puigdemont's party, didn't take part in those negotiations, even though at that time they formed part of the government. Uh, They've since left, of course. We we did a podcast on that. Um, It'd be interesting, I think, just to outline all the different varied positions and opinions and reactions we've had from across the political spectrum because, um, well, they're so varied. I mean, let's start with uh, Catalan president. What does he think about the reform of seditions, Gerard? Well, Pedro Aragonés said after Pedro Sánchez announced that they were going to propose reforming the sedition that the repeal of the law of sedition, it's a little bit more difficult to unfairly and arbitrarily persecute the independence movement. That's what he said. And he also said that the government will continue to work on reaching new agreements with the Spanish uh, administration that contribute to completely judicializing the political conflict between both territories. Not surprisingly, the other big pro-independence party, Killian, doesn't see it the same way. Far from it. No, 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 no. Jordi Torroy, the Junts General Secretary, said in the immediate aftermath that he viewed this change of the crime of sedition as tailor-made to say that the independence referendum in 2017 was a crime because it speaks about entering public buildings, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So he, obviously, Junts are very critical now of Esquerra being in the opposition. So this is just another kind of battlefield in this political landscape. 
shape. So criticism from within the independence camp and also, Gerard, criticism from the Spanish right? Yeah, exactly. The People's Party, one of the biggest parties in Spain, also is opposed to this reform. Alejandro Fernández, the MP here in the Catalan parliament, said that reforming the crime of sedition has no precedent in any other European democracy. And he even said that it's called impunity and impunity has never brought unity nor progress, Fernández said. And what the People's Party say is actually very important because another kind of storyline developing in Spanish politics at the moment is the fact that they have to renew the judiciary head, the the judiciary authority in Spain. And this has to be done with a three-fifths majority, which in other terms essentially means the Socialists and the People's Party have to agree. But the People's Party have essentially abandoned talks now because they view the reformation of the crime of sedition as, as such a grave, as such a serious thing. Okay. I mean, what I find interesting is that there's also kind of different viewpoints between the two parties that are putting forward uh, this reform, uh, namely the Socialists and Podemos, or their Catalan branch, En Comú Podem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Here in Catalonia, Salvador Illa, the leader of the Socialist Party, said that the reform of the sedition law doesn't decriminalize anything. It doesn't offer any amnesty. Illa said that from their point of view, it's just an update of the penal code that takes into account the independence push in 2017 and puts Catalonia and Spain closer to European standards, while on the other side, Jaume Sens from Ancumo Podem, the Podemos party, said that there is no crime in the penal code that allows the prosecution of the independence push in, of 2017. That's his opinion, and he even added that the Supreme Court and its prosecutors dismissed the possibility that the events of 2017 could fall under the crime of aggravated public disorder. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, you know, basically the opposite opinion between the two parties. Um, it's interesting. And away from the political parties' interpretations of it, you know, it's also been obviously been discussed by other groups. Could it have consequences for protest, which you know is is uh, here in Catalonia is you know uh, protests and demonstrations are are a much more common occurrence than w what I'm used to normally. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, um, we've seen in the last few days a lot of speculation in media that this reform could have consequences for protesters. Um, but Jordi Nieva, the legal expert who I spoke to, he's, he's not so convinced about this. The way he was reading it, he said that the text says very clearly that there has to be a risk to life or the physical integrity of people. And if this is not the case in, in any sort of protest, well, then the courts can't do anything. Um, but he also brought up the idea that maybe it could have a bit of a deterring effect uh, and maybe get people to sort of change the manner that they that they uh, that they do protests. But it is true that some groups disagree with Jordi because the in Syndicate de Yugateras, the tenants unions and the spokesperson Jaime Palomera condemned the text as an attack against the right to assembly and protest and even the Catalan National Assembly one of the biggest pro-independence organizations here in Catalonia, organized a protest against this new change and something that Omnium Cultural, another civil society group here in Catalonia in favor of independence, they said that it's another step towards criminalizing dissent. Well, basically, it seems to me that anyone who's involved in creating this reform is in favor and everyone else is against, but that's, that's politics for you as well. <laughs> that's it, that's how it goes. <laughs>
Some of the pro-independence leaders were also convicted uh, and are accused of misuse of public funds. Now, that doesn't appear in the text of the reform as we've seen it so far, but it is something that uh, Esquerra, for example, want to see in there, Killian. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, in fact, earlier on in the week, the socialists said that they may be open to also modifying this crime. Uh, this has also come from talks between the two administrations and it's particularly relevant because Peta Aragonés, the Catalan president, pointed out early in the week that the crime that the referendum organisers were ultimately convicted of with regards to misuse of public funds was only brought in in 2015 when the People's Party had an absolute majority in the Spanish Congress. And Aragonés said that the non-binding self-determination referendum that Catalonia held one year before... The, the the crime that was brought in in 2015 was almost a direct response to that. So what was not a crime in 2014 then became a crime in 2017. I'm glad I'm not a lawyer, you know. <laughs> um, no, but what's interesting as well is that the Spanish government has kind of, in, you know, they're kind of going back and forth whether or not they're going to uh, support these kind of changes. So it remains to be seen. It would have to come in the form of an amendment to the procedure as it goes through Congress. Yeah, in fact, everything we just talked about needs to go through Congress now. So probably yeah, everything we've talked about on today's podcast <laughs> might not happen. Exactly. However, there are like some expectations that it will be green lighted because Esquerra Republicana and the Basque National Party will vote in favor yeah. of that. So that's what the government. Yeah, so it, it, should, it should go through. It should pass through. And um, yeah, who knows after it all happens, you know, Will we see Puigdemont return? Uh, it's all ahead of us. That'll be some podcast when that happens. Maybe a series of podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Gerard? Cambia la camisa. Oh, that's it. I understand that one. Uh, change your t-shirt. Shirt. But yeah. Or your shirt, sorry, of course. Nah. Yeah, well, yeah. I also yeah, thought T-shirt in yeah, fairness. Yeah, no, I don't know. I have in my head. <laughs> yeah. Samaretta, of course, is T-shirt. Nah, so, so, okay, change your shirt. Yeah, so uh, changing your beliefs. Changing your beliefs. Okay, so a change. So we've got change in the criminal code. Change your shirt. Change your beliefs. Change. Yeah. Who knows? Ch -ch changes. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, thank you to the both of you as well, Gerard and Kelly. Thank you, Lorcan, for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Thanks again to Jordi Nieva as well. Uh, we're going to be back again next Saturday, as always, with another episode of Filling the Sink. But until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.